So Hop strolls over there and uh, puts his arm up on the counter and kind of looks at uh, the Tordarian there and says, Larbeck sent us. I am so happy that you are here. He told me you were coming. I wasn't expecting four of you, but that is Larbeck, and that's what makes Larbeck the best. Howdy, friends. Craig here. We've got another unique episode. This is uh, the first time that we featured our role-playing on Tabletop Talk. And uh, this is a live play of a session that uh, I did Uh, just recently using the Edge of Empire system from Fantasy Flight Games. This is a Star Wars-based role-playing game. It takes place uh, just after A New Hope, when the first Death Star has been destroyed. And uh, Edge of Empire focuses on the Outer Rim. Um, If you've seen The Mandalorian, uh, you can know what the Outer Rim is. Uh, If you're familiar with Han Solo, he um, was very active in the Outer Rim. It's a place of villainy, scoundrels, and smugglers. Obviously, we're under quarantine, so this is being done... uh, online via uh, a website called Roll20. And uh, we have our main campaign where I have five players. This has been running for several weeks now. And uh, what we decided to do for this, because not all players uh, could make this session, is we decided to do a flashback. So we're going back in time, only using uh, three of the five players from the main campaign. And we actually added a fourth player. Uh, Nick Westbrook was kind enough to jump in to uh, kind of fill out that role um, as a new person who is now uh, involved in the campaign and in the backgrounds of uh, these characters. Every one of these players is brand new to role-playing. This is really their first time uh, not only role-playing in uh, the Edge of Empire system, but even role-playing at all. They've been learning over time what role-playing is, and uh, we're having a lot of fun. This flashback episode was uh, a nice little mix between uh, investigation and uh, social interactions as well as action. The session is based on a modular encounter from the Lords of Nalhutta supplement book available from Fantasy Flight Games. Uh, For those of you that have that, this is the Tordarian Grocery Shopping Adventure. Now, I'm not going to get into uh, all of the rules and everything uh, for the system, but uh, there's one important thing to understand that'll help you really get what's happening as you're listening. The uh, Like most Fantasy Flight games, there's a unique dice system. There's six main dice that are used. You have uh, basically two categories, good dice and bad dice. So when you're trying to do something, uh, depending on what you're trying to do and what skills you have, you'll have a certain number of green ability dice. On those uh, dice, you'll have a mixture of what are called successes, blanks, as well as advantages. And I'll explain what advantages are in a little bit. Now, any of those dice can be upgraded based on your um, how good your skill is or other things that upgrade your dice. And so green dice can turn into yellow dice, which have more good symbols on them. And then you roll against bad dice. And those are made up of purple difficulty dice and red challenge dices. Uh, so there's a balance uh, for every for an ability die. It's countermeasure is the difficulty die. So green versus purple. And for proficiency yellow, it is balanced by challenge red. Last but not least, there are uh, a six-sided die, which is a boost die, which is helpful, and a black die uh, setback, which can have failures and uh, threats on them. So what the players do is they put together their entire pool uh, that'll be their ability and proficiency dice based off of how good they are or whatever we're trying to test. And then also in that pool will be any difficulty and challenge dices that's going to measure you know, how tough action is. And there might be some boosts and some setbacks die throw in there. The player rolls all of the dice, And the different symbols on the dice can cancel each other out. So if you get a success, 
and a failure on dice, they they negate each other. If you get an advantage on the good dice and a threat on the negative dice, they cancel each other out. If you get a triumph on the good dice, it is balanced out by a despair on the bad dice. In the end, you have a net result, and that is any uncanceled symbols. So if you have more uh, successes than failures rolled, then you get uncanceled successes. If you have more advantages than threats rolled, you get advantages. And at the end, you have a that will tell you uh, if you succeeded or not. It'll also tell you whether what degree that you succeeded. So if you have more advantages than threats, then uh, that is uh, better than having more threats than advantages. And you'll see how we involve the players to get them to kind of turn those results into actual narrative uh, and mechanical results. I hope this is fun for you. Um, If you know nothing about the system, I think that you're going to still hear a good story. This We did not get to finish this. We're going to be finishing it up uh, at a later date, and I'll record that as well and release it as a part two or even a part three, depending on how we go. But uh, sit back and enjoy our little jaunt in the world of Star Wars. Enjoy. Playing a tabletop strategy game allows you to unplug and test your skills against friends. Every week, Third Floor Wars delivers useful strategies, discussions, battle reports, and reviews to tabletop games like Malifaux. If you want to get better at the games you already play or discover the games other people are playing, you are in the right place. Craig and Ray welcome you to the Third Floor and the Tabletop Talk Broadcast. All right, so this is not an official session that we've done kind of in our timeline. What we're doing is a flashback episode. So instead of being in the current campaign that we are, we're going to go back a year. Um, and uh, very quickly, we know um, that Ori and Hop, you guys, have been working together at this point. Uh, but this is going to be the first time that you've met uh, Jim's character, Veers, and the first time you've met uh, Nick's character, Sar. Um, let's do quick introductions. Jim, you want to tell us who, uh, Garm Veers is? Uh, absolutely. Garm Veers is a bounty hunter, a survivalist. Uh, definitely. He's about 50. Um, good at tracking and finding things in various, uh, wilderness locales. Hop. Hop Koval, smuggler extraordinaire, about 26 years old, gunslinger by trade, smuggler by night. <laughs> All right. And Uri. Uri, um, from the Islands of Catan, former gladiator, now a hired gun, uh, marauder for hire. And Nick. All right. My name is Sar Zeldrur, and I'm a bounty hunter uh, specializing in uh, skip tracing. Uh, 32 years old, and uh, yeah. All right. And uh, all three three of you are human, except for Uri, Uri uh, the marauder, um, a hired gun. Uh, Uri is a uh, Niktu, a pale Niktu, um, which is a uh, kind of a big horned lizard faced guy. Um, you're you're what like all, you're almost seven foot, aren't you, Uri? That's yep. it. Um, all right. So the one connection that all of you guys have together is you guys are all all know Larbak Beju, which is a Twi'lek um, underboss in the Black Sun um, crime syndicate. So Bezier reached out to each of of you individually and said, 
he he needs a favor. And and when Larbeck asks you for a favor, it's not really like a yeah, okay, all right, yeah, I'll help you out if I can. When when Larbeck asks you for a favor, you pretty much try to drop most things that you're doing to take care of it. Um, he's been influential in each one of your lives, um, has influence over you, and he's pretty powerful in the Black Sun Syndicate. And the Black Sun Syndicate in the Outer Rim is a is a very influential crime syndicate. What he said is he um, he said, look, I need uh, the four of you guys. I need you to go to uh, Tordaria, which is uh, the home planet. It's in hut space. It's the home planet of the Tordarians. Um, and if you're not familiar with the Tordarians, they are the uh, winged, small, uh, small winged guys. Um, if you ever watched uh, the prequel movies, the first one, he was the guy that owned Anakin that flew around with the wings. So he wants you to go to uh, Tordaria. He wants you to... Um, Track down a merchant there named Dom Dees. Um, Dom Dees owns a small market uh, shop um, right in the major mercantile um, center. He gives you the address so you know exactly where to go. Uh, it's a year ago uh, from our main campaign. So none of you guys uh, have access to a ship. But uh, Larbeck, what he did is he had you piggyback on a shipment that was already going to Tordaria. So where we're going to pick up is you guys are sitting on the freighter. The whole crew has not even really been talking to you. It's just kind of the four of you. Uri and Hop, you guys know each other. You're not quite sure about who the old guy is, Veers. You're not really sure about uh, uh, the uh, the other uh, slick guy that um, uh, is sitting with you. But Larbeck has said these guys are good guys. So really the four of you, even though you may not all know each other, the fact that Larbeck puts you together gives you a certain level of confidence. So you guys are on the freighter and... It, for the if Tordaria is just this huge swamp planet, the whole entire planet is is all swamp, and there's a couple different cities on there. The capital is uh, Tordaria, the Tordaria capital, and it's a um, huge, almost spire city that is that is almost raised above the rest of the swamp. And it kind of sits in the middle there. So the freighter is coming in. You can see through through one of the windows as you're kind of flying in. And for all four of you, this is actually your first time to this planet. But you heard a lot about it. Within the city itself, somewhat somewhat um, metropolitan, but by no means um, like Coruscant, right? Um, it's Tordarians. And what they Tordarians like to do is they like to trade. Uh, they like to sell. They like to buy. Um, they're often involved in the underworld um, as well. So Tordaria, especially because it's part of Hut space, is somewhat seedy, um, uh, which differentiates it from Coruscant. Uh, as the freighter starts to come in, you get a sight of, uh, of the city from afar. You just notice the mist that's over all of the surrounding swamp area. It just looks like just a sea of just life, of just green plant life, uh, different, different atmospheres coming off of different parts of the swamp. The uh, ship, the freighter starts to come in. It docks. Couple things that you guys already know about Tordaria is one, the airspace is very limited um, as far as what can be flown and what vehicles can be used. And uh, within Tordaria itself, the main capital city, you're not allowed to use speeders, you're not allowed to use uh, speed bikes, you're not allowed to fly over it. And the reason being is, is because the Tordarians consider it very important to be able to fly. So for strictly safety reasons, they don't allow vehicles in the main city itself. But the main city itself is adjusted. It's got a lot of a lot of uh, gig 
based uh, transportation. So there's always speeders for hire. You can rent them. You can hire a guy to take you from point A to point B. Um, there's uh, different lifts and different trains that can take you to different locations. So where you land is outside of the city. You guys transfer uh, to essentially what is a, what is a small train. And the train very quickly takes you into uh, Tordaria itself, uh, into the main city. So the main city itself is really an interesting mix because it is somewhat metropolitan. There's huge buildings, lots of lights everywhere, but it's dirty. It's um, it, 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 it. There's a grime that seems to be just on everything. Um, nobody makes a whole lot of eye contact, but there's a lot of activity and it seems like everybody's selling something. There's just merchant shop after merchant shop. Every place you turn and twist, you go there. It smells um, a kind of, uh, I don't know what the right word is. It smells of metal. It smells of dirt. Um, the, the atmosphere itself, though, is definitely affected by the swamp. So the air is very thick. All kinds of different races, but the vast majority of the uh, people that you see as you step outside of the freighter and start to walk towards the uh, shop that um, Larbeck sent you to is um, the majority of them are Tordarians. Um, and, you know, they're walking, they're flying around. Um, everybody's kind of keeping to themselves and um, keeping themselves busy. So you guys come off the ramp of the freighter. You get onto the, uh, um, the transport. The train rail takes you about two kilometers um, and drops you off and you're roughly speaking maybe uh, like seven New York City blocks um, from the place where uh, Larbeck told you to go to meet with uh, Dom Dees. We must be going to head our way towards where we said he's supposed to be, right? Do we need to... So, Uri, you ever been here before? Yep. Uh, so since we've entered the city, do we believe Sar wants to try to see if he has any additional information on our mark? <laughs> well, I'm sorry, what's uh, does that? Does Sar want to try to find any additional information on our mark? Or should we just head directly towards where we're, where we're headed? Sar, let's find out whether you know anything about Dom D's. Um, so let's go ahead and go to your character sheet and let's do a um, under uh, knowledge underworld roll. Um, I'm going to set your dice pool. Actually, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. The first thing we need to do is we need to put together our destiny pool. Oh, we did. Um, I am clearing the pool. Uh, so Hop, you rolled a dark side. So it's one dark. And what these guys are doing, they're rolling a D12. Uh, a D12 has got a series of either one or two light uh, spec, uh, spots on it, um, or it's got one or two dark spots on it. And this determines kind of the balance right now between light and dark. The light side points are points that the players can use to make their situation a little bit better, either improve a role or make the circumstance around them to their benefit. I, as the game master, can use the dark side points um, to help the NPCs, the nemesis and rivals that they come across or to improve their roles. And what's neat about neat about this is we've gotten all four roles uh, actually, we're, we're missing Sar's role. Sar is our only hope. <laughs> so Hop is... Yep, so if you go to your dice pool, it'll just tell you to roll Destiny. So Hop rolled one dark side. 
Uri rolled one dark side. Garm gave me two dark sides, but Sar gave us two light sides. So right now there's two light and four dark. And what's neat about it is if I use a dark side point, it then flips to a light side point. So right now it's two light, four dark. But if I use a dark, it'll become three, three. So it's a push and pull between the world and the players as far as being able to gain advantages as they go through. And at any point in time when something critical is happening, either mechanically with rolls, you guys can say, I want to upgrade my roll. I'm going to use a light side point or... Man, I, you know, I, it would be really, really great if there was a crate right next to me right now that I could jump into and hide. You can flip a light side point and it turns out, what there was a crate right next to you and you can jump in and hide it. So it gives you a chance to kind of manipulate the world a little bit. All right. So, uh, our destiny pool is two, four, uh, back to what we were doing though. Uh, sorry, you're going to do a streetwise check to kind of see if you know, uh, anything about Dom D's, um, that is going to be. Uh, a difficult um, roll. So you're going to get three purple dice and you'll go down to your skills and go to streetwise and the pool is ready if you want to go ahead and roll. Alright, so you rolled uh, basically everything cancelled out. You had one success, one uh, uh, failure, but those cancelled each other out. You ended up with one threat. You have some familiarity, uh, Sar, with with uh, Tordaria. Um, there's a lot of Tordarians that you've had contact with, that you've worked with before, that your father has worked with before. Um, Domdes is, is a name that you're not familiar with, um, and that can be for two reasons. It could be maybe he's not an underworld figure. Maybe he's somebody who's not involved in the type of work that you're familiar with, um, or maybe he's not big enough to have kind of fallen on your radar um, we do have a threat there, though. Um, so I'm wondering, the threat is going to say, not only did you, you didn't get any successes, so you didn't succeed, but the threat tells me that things didn't really go well. Um, and guys, let's help out Nick because he's relatively new. What is something we can do with that threat? Uh, a couple things. I know one is that he could, it can be a strain. It can add strain to his character sheet. Um, so mechan- like in game, though, what, what, what do you think that that like what would what would be exhausting? Um well, that bothers him because he goes in cold and he's not used to going to somewhere that he doesn't absolutely go. love it. So the fact that you're going, you're you're not used to that, are you, Sar? You're you're very used to landing on whatever planet is, especially in hut space. You're 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 used to landing, knowing exactly what you're going after, what the mission is. And Larbeck has been very kind of obtuse about this situation. You don't know why you're going to talk to this guy. You don't know this guy, which is not your typical mode of operation. And just that this this is not this is not the normal process for you. So what you can do now, Sar, is go to your um, character sheet and uh, you'll find your uh, what is your current uh, so uh, strain threshold? Uh, Twelve. So what you can do is add a strain. And that's going to put you at one of twelve. If you get to twelve, you are mentally incapacitated. All right. So. Sar, how does that work out? Uh, Veers, I guess you're going to ask him. Oh, uh, yeah, that, that works. Asked him if he had any. Uh, do you have any leads on this? Uh, this Domdes fella. You know, uh, I, I'm really unfamiliar with this character. I'm not sure if he's uh, uh, not popular enough to, to catch my radar. Um, but uh, he's definitely not someone that I've interacted with in the past. So uh, we, we may be going in blind on this one. I apologize for that. Let's see what Hop knows. All right. So um, let's do a knowledge underworld for you, Hop. Um, uh, I've got your pool ready. And I'm actually going to add a dark side to this. 
So what that does now is puts us at three light, three dark, and it upgrades the difficulty. So the difficulty, instead of being three purple, are going to be two purple and a red. All right, so you rolled uh, two failures and a threat. So Hop, how does that work? Um, Insulted that guy's mother. Hop also doesn't know. Yeah, Hop also doesn't know this guy. But uh, We might be answering asking too many questions. <laughs> that's exactly that's what I was thinking, too. Um, we may be rolling in kind of high, and uh, these guys are being noticed as they're walking off the ship. Okay, all right. Um, so there's some suspicion. Um, you guys are definitely... So you guys get off, uh, get off the ship, and you look around, and, and like I described to you, you know, it's... Um, it is a it's a really strange combination of of high tech cyberpunk Blade Runner type city, but at the same time there's there's still dirt on the streets. It's not a clean city at all, and you notice that you know everybody's kind of keeping to themselves, but a few heads have turned, and the fact that you guys are not from here. It is very obvious. So any type of um, social interactions you guys have, we're going to give you a setback die um, on the next social interaction because you've definitely been marked as the fact that you're not from here. Do we sense any threats from anybody in particular? Um, or is it just a common uh, uh, uncomfortable uh, feeling that we have? Yeah, let's get a sense of that. And I probably it's a good thing for us to figure out between the four of you is who has the best perception. Um, so everybody go to your perception roles and let's figure this out because this is not going to be the last perception role we do. And it's probably good to figure out um, uh, between the four of you because um, you're all relatively new to working with each other. Who uh, who's kind of the best at uh, assessing the situation uh, and checking things out? I have a yellow and I have a yellow and two green. Uh, I have a yellow and two greens two as well. Oh, it sounds like All right, so it looks like our bounty hunters um, are kind of the best situation. So my recommendation in this situation is either have Veers or Sar do the perception to kind of get a sense of, uh, you know, is it just people going, who the hell are they, or is there a potential problem out there? And then have the second one assist them. Um, so one of you give a boost, and then who wants to roll? Oh, we can let Sar roll. That's fine. All right, so it's going to be an average difficulty, but because Veers is also looking, uh, Sar, I'm going to give you a boost die, which is going to help you roll a little bit. The dice pool is ready. So you got one failure and three advantages. So you and Veers are kind of looking, checking it out. Um, the fact that you are being noticed, um, you, you can't really tell. Is this a situation where we might have some trouble here on uh, Tordaria, uh, being the outsiders? Um, we may not, um, but your instincts are something that that you definitely trust are. You trust your instincts, and Veers, you've always trusted yours. Um, this is not a situation where you feel the need to put your hand on a blaster or grab. make sure that your knife is close or your, or your rifle is easy to get to. Um, you've got uh, three advantages. Um, what do we think we can do with those? I'm thinking maybe you guys got a kind of a good lay of the land as you kind of scoped out the whole thing. And let's uh, go ahead and add a, a boost to the next three perception rolls that happen inside of uh, the city. Would I have potentially seen anybody that I might have recognized from previous interactions? You did not. No, this is this is something new now. And, and Sar, for you, 
<clears throat> it's not like you know everybody, right? In most locations, in most space on the outer rim, you can go to city and you can go, you know a guy. Um, now, the one thing I'll tell you is, you know, Larbeck, you're here representing Larbeck. Um, so I think normally when you would land on a planet Coldstar, the first thing you'd want to do is put the feelers out, right? Check in with your contacts, um, especially for a planet you've never been to before. It's not there's not a timer. You weren't set for a specific time, um, but uh, you've gotten your uh, ass chewed out by Larbeck more than once about being. Uh, hey, I told him that you guys were going to head right there, and I found out a day later is when you guys showed up. Are you suggesting we should go towards where we think we're, he's supposed to be? That's up to you guys. <laughs> that sounds like a good Larbeck is always a good move. I think we. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you probably want to follow because Hop's already <laughs> wandering down the street. All right. So, yeah. All right. So Hop, Hop, you start heading towards the address. I would assume that you're you're not too far behind. Yeah, him. I'm following right behind Hop. I'm just okay. Watching his six. So you guys are kind of navigating through the streets. It's a it's a little crowded. Um, it's not shoulder to shoulder by any stretch of the imagination, but um, you're going and you know the four of you guys. Um, though you've not been here to Tordaria before, you've been in many places like this before. Um, you walk through the different markets, the different sections. Like I said, it's about seven blocks or so. And you come up to um, Domdi's Shop of Goods. It's this huge red neon sign on the front, but all the windows are blacked out. Uh, and the uh, door to the shop itself is closed. And this does match the address. Say we knock on the door. It's a shop. We should be able Actually, to just go right in, we right? Just walk right in. Okay. Yeah. I thought, I, thought was, I, thought, I thought it was blacked out and closed. No, the, the, the you know uh, as you guys have been walking through the city, you know most of the windows are 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 either plastered with neon, plastered with handmade signs saying "Come in here, great deals here." A lot of the shops are outdoor shops where uh, you know different Tordarians have just set up different little markets and stuff just outside of it. What's a little bit interesting about Dom Dee's shop is that he's not advertising anything. It just says the name of the store at the top, and the windows themselves have been have been deliberately blacked out so you can't see inside the shop even the door itself is glass but it's been blacked out as well so Uri you walk up you grab the door and the first thing you want to check to see is if it opens and it pushes easily so you're able to push the door open without any problem yeah I'm going to go on in uh, so Uri walks in is everybody anybody staying outside everybody heading in yeah, I think we're going in. So what's interesting... I'll keep an eye on the door as we go What's in. interesting about this shop is um, it's not the largest shop from the shop face, but as soon as you walk in, you can immediately tell how deep it is. So it's it, it surprises you a little bit how um, large this is. What counteracts that is there is just stuff stacked everywhere. It feels like every inch of the shop has got something. And as you kind of look around and look at the shop, you, you, you kind of notice that there's no rhyme or reason to what's being sold. You've got knickknacks and, um, you know, keychains in one location. You look in the back and you see some weaponry in the back. Um, but as you head, uh, as you kind of look farther down the fact there's nobody else in the shop, you de- do see a Tordarian. He's behind a counter. Um, and uh, he's just standing there. He does right, notice uh, you come in. What's his name? Or what's the guy's name that we're supposed to meet? 
Dom D's. Uh, Dom D's is who uh, Larbeck told you to get in touch with. And to give you a little more back background, you know, he, he didn't wasn't specific. He just said, look, he goes, I need you guys to do me a favor. Um, uh, a friend of mine, Dom D's, he's a Tordarian on, uh, uh, and on the planet, and he's a shop owner. Um, he's in a little bit of a uh, tight spot right now, and he's reached out to me. And you know me, I'm Larbeck, and I always help my friends. So I need you guys to take care of that. He'll take care of you. Um, uh, so whatever it is he needs to get done, it'll be worth your while. So Hop strolls over there and uh, puts his arm up on the counter and kind of looks at uh, the Tordarian there and says, Larbeck sent us. I am so happy that you are here. He told me you were coming. I wasn't expecting four of you, but that is Larbeck, and that's what makes Larbeck the best. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Uh, Hop, it is a pleasure. I am Dom Dees. I am very well known here at Tordaria, and everybody knows me, <laughs> and I am always available to help anybody, but uh, I need your help. Well, Larbeck sent us here to help. How can we help? So I'm in a bit of a pickle. You see the king, the great Tordarian king, he has tasked me to make sure that his royal feast for this year is taken care of. Now, I am not a cook, but I know the cooks. So I have hired a nice staff to cook the meal for him, and they are telling me they need a very special ingredient. So there is a goulash that the king loves. Oh, he loves this goulash so much. And... I, there is a, a very special ingredient. It is it is very expensive. Normally, I would have some in stock, but of course, it turns out I have none. So, good news is, it is all over the swamp. I just need you guys to go get it. Bring me back, say, four kilograms of this, and I will pay you well. I will, Don these will take care of you. Right, uh, where's, the, where's the location of this swamp? Swamp is everywhere. It's the it's the South Swamp. It's very easy to get to. So let me tell you about the Black Kabuki. The Black Kabuki is the most delicious of all fungus. Not Antodaria. It is the most brilliant of fungus in all of the Outer Rim. You can't go to Coruscant and get a better fungus than Black Gogaki. But it is rare because even though there's Gobaki everywhere. It is only worth it when it is pure and mature, and it turns nice and dark and nice and black. Then you have to very carefully with a sharp, sharp knife 
Take it off the tree. It grows on trees. Take it off the tree. And you have to seal it immediately. And if you bring it back, still fresh, it will make the goulash so that the king will know that Domdis always takes care of the king. So, you, Nikto, what is your name? Uri. Uri. You are a big man. You can carry the pack. Right. So he flies. He kind of wings start fluttering. He kind of comes up. He flies into the back room. And and he's back there for a little bit. You hear a clang, a bang, a door open, a door close. Taking a little bit longer than usual. You guys are like, okay. Hey, big man. I need you back here. I need help. I can't carry this. All right, I'll head back there and uh, go help him out. So you go around the counter, you lift up the uh, like the little slight little door that blocks the counter off from you going in the back. You walk back in there, and if you thought that the front of the store was cluttered, it, it, you're claustrophobic, especially with your height, Yuri, at seven, you know, almost seven feet. It just it feels like at any moment a stack of something is going to fall on top of you. And then very far back, you see the uh, you see Dom D's, and he's holding what looks like. A, a medical pack, and it's something you've seen before. It's essentially a container that's often used to transport organs. So if somebody has a heart and they need to take it from location A to location B, they'll put it in one of these containment units and uh, they'll take it over. And he's the uh, Don Deese is flagging you to come here. All right, I'll uh, head over to him. This is very heavy, but I have modified it. It is perfect. You see this slat right here. When you cut off the black, the black fungi, you take, you take the gabaki, you drop it in the slot, it will go through, it will seal up, and it will stay fresh. This is very important, Niktu. Very important. Do not open this. Once you have started putting the gaki in there, they will spoil immediately. All right, got it. Howdy friends, Greg here. Nothing makes Malifaux easier than having the right tools. Here at the third floor, we love all the licensed Malifaux goodies from Custom Meeple. Not only are they helping support this podcast, they sell custom-made weird licensed tokens and terrain. They sell it all. Crew boxes, terrain, markers, tokens, and even a 3x3 full Malifaux board. Custom Meeple sells a complete M3E token set covering every marker and token you need to play. Custom Meeple are the source for the official accessories for Malifaux. Everything is designed by hand and authorized by Weird Games. Check them out at custommeeple.com, that's with one M, or follow the link in the show notes. Up your Malifaux game and be sure to tell them Craig from the third floor sent you. If you use the promo code third floor friend, all one word, T H I R D F L O O R F R I E N D, you'll get a 5% discount and help support the podcast. It's valid on everything except retail products and playmats. So you pick this up, Yuri, and it's a backpack. And, you know, actually fit wise, it's not too bad if you want to put it on your shoulder. But it's encumbrance three, which means only somebody with a brawn three can carry it. Turns out of the four of you, you're the only one with brawn three. So it would be way too heavy for any of the other guys to carry it. Um, uh 
Do you want to wear it as a backpack? I want to wear it as a backpack. All right. But I do uh, want to so ask. Out... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, please. I do want to ask uh, the shopkeeper. Um, what, is, what does he have for in terms of like uh, outfitter supplies for going to get this? Is there any type of armor, weapons, anything he recommends for hitting guy uh, for any type of creatures that we have out there? I'm not really a weapons guy. I've got a couple little pea shooters here, a couple pea shooters there. I mean, you guys are serious business. You guys are like, I mean, Larbeck sent you. I know that you guys are serious business. But have you ever been to Tardaria Swamps? No. Tardaria Swamps are an experience. Um, there's a couple things that you'll probably want. Um, do you have respirators? Maybe. <laughs> Let's say no. Um, <laughs> no. No, I don't think so. Okay, okay. Not on me. So he he, he, he flies out back up to the shop and, and guys he, he flies over the counter past you and it's it's almost like he doesn't even know you're there. And he knows exactly I mean, just pinpoint accuracy goes up, down, to the right, to the left, comes back, and he's got four four respirator units, which are just simple masks with a small container at the end of them, and there's a tube connecting it. You guys will want these because, you know, for me, the air is no big deal. I, I grew up in Tordaria. But for you guys, you guys are definitely going to want these. So here, this is a gift. They are yours. Just bring them back as a thank to me for giving them to you. So gift you, you gift back to me. But in terms of, like, clothing, any type of, maybe not weapons, but is it any type of armor for sale or anything like that? Just... I don't have to. I mean, the protection the four of you have is good. I, I don't have anything more. Um, just, you know, be careful. Um, I am willing to pay you because this is not just going down to the corner market and buying a cup of mushrooms and bringing them back. I mean, the the swamps of Tordaria are dangerous. That's why the hunts come here to hunt for fun. They come here to hunt uh, for the hunting trips. That's why Tordaria is Tordaria. The huts love us. And so it's a little dangerous, so be careful. Bring your weapons, bring your armor, but no, I mean, I don't have much. All right, so what, what type of compensation are we talking about here? How much, how much is this job, uh, how much is this job paying us? Oh, uh, what did Larbeck say? Did he say he was, what did he say I would pay? 3,000 credits. <laughs> 3,000 credits for the four of you? That seems very fair. I'm happy to pay you 3,000 credits for the four of you. Three each. Dom. He's, three each. He said He said three each? Yeah. All right, we need a deception <laughs> roll because he didn't tell you shit. <laughs> so let me clear the pool real quick. Um, let's go to your deception skill. Um, I'm going to make this... Actually, I'm going to give you an average difficulty on this uh, deception he, roll. Your Jedi um, mind tricks don't work on him. Only money. Yeah, that's right. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, and I'm going right. to use a uh, light side point as well. By the way, you're going to all right. So go ahead and use the light side. So the, you using that light side puts us at two light, four dark, which means I'm going to upgrade your roll, and I'm also going to give you a boost hop. And the reason I'm going to give you a boost is. It, Larbeck may have oversold how close they are. It sounds like uh, Dom D's might want to make make it sound like he's really close to Larbeck, but it really Larbeck and him have not have not sorted this out. Obviously, otherwise he wouldn't have presented it to you the way he did. So your pool is ready. Let's go ahead and do a deception. (laughs) (laughs) 
So you rolled three successes, two advantages, and a symbol that's important. So there's two different types of symbols. On the good side, you have what's called a triumph. And on the bad dice, you have what's called a despair. And you rolled a triumph. And so advantages are good. They're things that help you. But a triumph means something really good happened. So not only were you extremely convincing, Hop, but uh, walk me through this interaction. So, so you say to him, he said three thousand apiece. I did, and when I, when Hop says that, he looks him in the eye, and uh, I think the Tordarian. Um, say, well, this container over here says five thousand for. Is this empty container says five thousand for these things? <laughs> 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 yeah, but we're, we're getting three each. So that's, that's what 12. I'm saying. Yeah, so we're doing okay. So, 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 so what was so convincing? Do you need what four was, of these containers? <laughs> what was so convincing about what you said? Um, I think the just the uh, determination in which he said it. And Hop you know, is such Hop, a good liar. Uh, even he believes himself. <laughs> <laughs> he, he says to him, he says, "Look, um, I'm not a botanist and." Larbeck knows I'm not a plant hunter, okay? If if Larbeck sent us here to get this fungus for you, then it's dangerous. And 3,000's the price. Oh, and that's for all four of you? All four of you get 3,000 credits? And we want a bonus. Uh, what, for a bonus? Yeah, if we bring it all in, we want an, another 1,000 to split. Uh, okay, here's... Here's what I will do. You get me all four kilograms. All of the gabaki are perfect. Black. I want black. Do you hear me, human? Black gabaki. <laughs> you bring me four kilograms of perfect black gabaki, sealed in the backpack your uh, mountain is carrying, and I will pay you 3000 apiece for everybody who makes it back alive. And if they are perfect, I'll throw another thousand for the three or four of you <laughs> that ends up coming back. How does that? Is that fair? Deal. I like it. All right. So everybody seems pretty happy. Um, I don't think you used your triumph yet. So um, you, I mean, this just the successes and the advantages you got, Hop, are going to be enough to do what what just happened. Um, the social interaction. How about a ride? The social interaction with Dom D's. Yeah, let's talk about it. To give it a shot. So, so Dom, we need a ride, and I need you to to get that for us. And I'm not paying. I like you. <laughs> I do. I like I like all four of you. You guys are very nice. You guys are very nice. So you know we can't have speeders, right? Right, no sheeps, no speeders. Right. And you know, I'll be honest with you, this South Swamp is a bit of a hike. Uh, so I'll, I'll do two things for you. One, I'll give you kind of a rough map. Let me get a piece of paper. And I'll get one of the carriages to take you. But that works. anybody asks, Dundee's always takes care of you, right? <laughs> of course, Dundee's place is the best. All right, so he scrambles off. He comes back with kind of a sheet of paper and <clears throat> he... You know, he's writing on and it's, you know, the, you know, talks about how this is a map and things. And of course, Veers, this is your wheelhouse, right? You're headed, right. headed, headed to the swamp, which is what, uh, you know, you are 
really the good at. And what's interesting about that for you uh, more than anything is the fact that uh, now it's immediately apparent why Larbeck came to you. Um, because it, uh, right. Tracking, tracking things through the wilderness is, is, is spot on for me. Yeah. We're still a little concerned about why, why these city folk are here with <laughs> yeah. me. Oh, you'll see. So you immediately veers, you grab the map and, uh, this is a big planet, right? So there's like a circle that says South Swamp, and there's like a line, and like there's a tree and a log, and this is an excellent map. Oh, well, I guess we're gonna hit this carriage. We're gonna try to figure out what we can discern from this map. Yeah, similar to the map. You know, it seems like it would be helpful if we had a guide. I am the guide. Oh. <laughs> oh well, if if that ma- if the the circle with the dot and the X, no, we just we just met these two, two anyways. Okay, I guess he, he's the guy. <laughs> so, so, so Dom D is kind of. He sees Veers look at the map, and Veers kind of looks at the map, looks up at Dom D's, looks back at the map, looks up at Dom D's. Hop, you kind of you know pull the map over and take a peek at it, and you're like, "What the? You know, come on." My friend, I've never been there. I'm just telling you. Does one of you know? Like, I was told by Larbeck that there would be an expert outdoorsman in the group. As who's the expert? That would be me. Okay. Listen, it's so easy, my friend. It's so easy. The carriage will take you to the South Swamp. You leave the city, you go through the South Swamp, and you want to find dark places. There's dark places. They grow at the roots of trees or in the caves. You can't miss it. It is a beautiful, so fragrant. Oh, your nostrils fill. And remember, I don't want the green ones. I don't want the gray ones. I want the black ones. And you got got a knife? Got a knife. There you cut it. Perfect. Perfect. Drop it. I, I told the lizard boy. I told him how to do it. Drop it in the unit, and then you are good. You bring it back. I give you each 2,000 credits, and we are all good. No. Wait. We said 3,000. 3,000. I said 3,000 credits. Right, 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 right. <laughs> That's all right. Plus expenses. Yeah. <laughs> all right. We're getting on this ride. We're heading down to the South Swamp. Let's you, go. you guys head out, and um, it, it's it's essentially a horse and carriage with just kind of this really crazy six-legged thing pulling it. Um, what is strange though when they when this thing pulls up is that um, you know it's it's obviously on a, on a uh, anti-graph. There's no wheels. But normally what you would expect is you would expect a driver, right, controlling this animal. But you're like, OK, so you, you hop into this carriage thing. <laughs> the six-legged animal turns around and says, where are you going? We're going to the South Swamp. Why would you go to the South Swamp? OK, South oh. Swamp. <laughs> <laughs> so he takes you through. As you guys start getting out, and, and really the way that uh, Tordari, the city, is built is, is it's built on rings, right? So in the center, the tallest place in the center is the Monarch Palace where the king lives. And things get worse and worse and worse as you go out and out. Um, so where you were was kind of mid-Tordaria city, where most of the merchant mercantile places happen. As you start going out, things get seedier. There's more slum areas. 
Um, you notice that the, uh, whatever this thing is that's dragging you in this uh, uh, floating carriage seems to go faster in some places than he does in others. But he finally gets you out to what essentially is this huge curved metal wall. And there's a large metal door there. No, uh, Nobody but one single Tardarian that's guarding the wall. When the carriage pulls up, this thing, whatever it is, turns to the Tardarian and goes, they want to go out the south. You see the other Tardarian kind of raise his shoulders a little bit, turns, hits this big-ass button, and these huge doors, which really could let a large a large ship go through, I mean, something almost freighter size, opens up just a little, enough for maybe you guys <laughs> too wide can go. But what is surprising is things smelt a little swampy within the city, and it got worse and worse as you worked your way out. But once you got there... Just and the door opens. It's just you could almost feel it go up your nose and into your mouth and your ears. And just it's just the best word is thick. The air is just thick. Yeah, this will be fine. All right. I'm hopping off the carrier and we're we're starting our tricks out. I'm putting my respirator on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We could probably have done that, too. (laughs) It's just terrible. So you guys. (laughs) <laughs> you guys each put your respirators on and, and and right before you put the respirators on um probably the best words to describe uh the smell as you just kind of finally sealed up was was alive just it smells like bacteria uh but you put the respirators on and it smells like nice clean air uh and you kind of step out and and boy is that a, just a, 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 an incredible transition from this beautiful, what you didn't think was when you were there, this beautiful civilized area to just a green haze. So the air itself, you can feel the air on your skin. I mean, you can get through this, but it's really hard just as you're standing there at the very edge on the last metal um, uh, platform. It's really hard to tell whether... Something is solid, something is liquid, something is six feet deep, something is uh, rocky. It just seems like vegetation. This sucks. Lorbeck <laughs> did not say anything about this. <laughs> Give me a freighter any day. I'm going to try to carefully pick my way through this and make our way southish. So the... the the one thing that none of you guys have worked with Veers before, but Larbeck in his conversation did mention Veers. He said, you know, you're going to be working with a guy, Garn Veers. I've worked with him before. Uh, he's the best there is. Um, uh, if uh, you guys are in a situation out out there in the wilderness, um, which I'm sending you to Tordaria, so it, more than likely you guys are going to the swamps. Um, <laughs> you're going to want to pay attention to what this guy talks about because he, he knows what he's doing. So you guys, so I think go I'm going to take a look around and see if I can determine some safe places to walk as we head south. All right. So let's so go ahead and do a, if that's survival or it's going to be survival. It's going to be a survivalist skill roll. Um, and do you have any bonuses off your talent tree? I feel like the answer to that is no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I have stalker, which is coordination and stealth. Uh, I remove setbacks for finding and following tracks. And I have no penalties for moving through difficult terrain. 
<laughs> Unfortunately, not by yourself, but yeah. That's correct. <laughs> I will suffer no penalties. All right, perfect. You gentlemen can enjoy. <laughs> All right, so let's do a survivalist. And basically, it, it, what are you trying to figure out with this uh, kind of this first assessment? Uh, basically, sort of try to find myself a path towards in a southerly direction that we can okay. we can safely walk on. All right. Um, it's actually going to be an easy check for you, Veers. Um, this may this may be the first time you've ever been on Tordaria. This is not your first swamp, so I'm going to give you just one difficulty die, one purple. The pool is ready. Go All ahead right. and roll. Wow! All right. Yeah. So uh, he rolled one success. Uh, your uh, survivalist is two green and a yellow, so uh, two ability plus one proficiency, and you got one success and four advantage. Indeed. So these guys should hopefully be able to keep track of things because I'm very good at relaying how this works out. Okay, so is that going to result in future boosts to survivalist skill rolls? Yes. Um, I With four, I'm going to go ahead and get, let you extend that also to perceptions as well. How does that sound? That sounds fantastic. So you guys remember, our next uh, four survival and perception rolls, you guys are going to get a boost until you use well, up those four advantage. three boosts to our perception as it is. Those right. are in the city, though. Yeah, We've this left is that city behind. New environment. Mm. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna flank off to the the right side a little bit, try to spread out, trying to find these mushrooms, using the uh, guidance from um, Veers. Um. So the one thing that was that, and Veers, you know, obviously was paying a lot of attention as as uh, Dom D's tried to uh, obfuscate a lot of things, but you were paying very close attention to the instructions, um, Veers, on where this type of thing is before and you going out this is not the first time that somebody sent you on a uh, a little errand to go get some unique ingredients for something or something you know a plant that has some healing powers um the key things that he talked about is that one it's a fungus so you know that um and you already know this you don't need to roll for it it's going to need something dark um he also mentioned it's going to be cave walls or trees where you are right now is not not nearly as dense as where you're headed, and you can tell that by looking. Um, so it's going to take a little bit of um, uh, a little bit of walking to get where you yep. are. That's viewers. If uh, we need to put on our ventilators anytime soon, I think we already decided we're we were doing that as we walked out, yeah. right? All right. Yeah, when they cracked the door open and it and it felt wet, yeah. we decided that was the time. All right. So you guys start kind of working your way through and smartly, all of you guys are following Veers' league. Um, probably the person who's second most familiar with this type of environment is probably Yuri. Um, being a Nictu, um, especially a pale Nictu, the part of the part of your planet, Yuri, is may not have been swamp, but it, it this is not the worst environment for you, right? It's right. nice and humid. Uh, you're feeling pretty good about it. Um, the person who is most out of place right now, I think, is Sar. Um, Sar, you're at your best when you are at the market in the city, um, you know, doing backroom deals behind the counter and things like that. Like, at, when you step on the ground, even though Veer says, make sure you step here, it, it, every time it sinks. Every time your boots are going down just a little bit farther than they really should. Um, and, you know, hop, you're 
slap in the back of your neck because something touched you, something bit you. Um, and it just, it just a feel. And what's making you a little bit uncomfortable, Yuri, is you, you're very used to, um, and, and your role and what you have done is, is, is having an awareness of your surroundings. And this, there's, there's, there's just a mist and a, and a fog. And it feels like you can't see more than 20, 30, 40 feet ahead of you between the vegetation, the vines, and, and the, the, the uh, leaves coming off of the different trees. Um, it's, it doesn't feel real great. I need all four of you to add one strain. Somebody have any goggles? <laughs> I have goggles. Yeah. Yeah. I have scanner goggles. If it were dark, I'd be fine. <laughs> well, I got to be honest with you, uh, uh, Veers. This is this has some darkness qualities to it, and um, uh, there's if you were going to try to shoot something, it's short or medium range right now. You would definitely get a setback because of the mist and the atmospheres and like this. You wearing the goggles may not be the worst advice. All right. Sounds like a good idea. I'll put on my scanner goggles and I'll actually draw my blaster rifle while we're at it. Yeah, I'll, I'll pull out my axe just to chop around the vegetation and stuff if we need to. And uh, I'm going to put on my scanner goggles as well and uh, uh, pull my blaster out uh, while trying to stay in uh, uh, the footsteps of the person in front of me. So. <laughs> yeah, following... following like step by step where Veers is walking is probably a good idea and hop your hop right and uh, you don't know who the hell this old man is right so you're like okay whatever and I feel a little bit I don't want to like you know think so you start to veer off to the left or the right and every time you do you're like this is a terrible idea and you go right back <laughs> and you guys are essentially now after maybe about 20 minutes of walking through this terrible environment are pretty much single file and you know Veers steps with his right foot Uri steps with his right foot and Hop steps with his right foot. <laughs> um, and you guys are kind of just working your way through this and it, it's definitely taking some time. So, uh, Veers, I need another survivalist roll. Um, I want boost. Uh, yes, thank you. And I'm go ahead and give you the boost. And Veers, what I want you to try to start to do is try to get a sense of uh, two things with this roll. I want you to get a sense of how far are you away from getting into the heart of this to where you think you could legitimately start finding this black fungus and two um, how well are we navigating this situation so sure. as good as you are you know you can take a wrong turn and end up in the middle of a bog and not on some solid ground uh, so you, you've got an average difficulty of two purple and I've a- added that boost um, that right. uh, Hop reminded us of take a look at the pool just to make sure and then I'm going to roll. Oh, not great. Not great. So remember the goal was to get a sense of how long this was going to take to get there and how well you were going to be able to kind of navigate here and say the first hour or so of traversing uh, this territory. So you, you rolled uh, with um, two ability and one proficiency. So you rolled two green and a yellow. But uh, mm-hmm. I gave you two purples, and you also got a boost, which helped you. You ended up with one failure, but five successes or five uh, advantages. Five advantages, which means I could not determine how long we think it would take, but I possibly could figure something else out. You know what? You're starting to get a sense of the landscape a little bit, 
uh, at this point, Veers. Um, it um, and it takes you a little bit of time, right? Every planet's different. Every swamp is different. This might be your 50th swamp that you've been in, but every swamp on every different planet is different. You're starting to get um, a little bit better at the lay of the land. So you, you're not quite sure how long it's going to take before things get dark. And incidentally, the farther you guys go, the less light there seems to be. Um, and it, it's not getting dark, dark, like it's nighttime out, but there's there's just less light making it through the canopy, making it through the mist. Um, so it's really hard for you viewers at this uh, to get a sense of how long this is going to take. But um, I'm going to go ahead and make it uh, so you don't need to roll for territory and difficult terrain anymore. Um, so people are going to take advantage of your swift. Uh, so right. not only do you have swift, but we're going to give the party swift. Does that sound good? That sounds good. All right. Great. So Veers has a talent called Swift, which allows him uh, to basically navigate through difficult outdoor terrain uh, and not be hampered by it. And uh, because everybody's kind of paying attention and Veers is Veers. He's good at what he does. Uh, He's able to make it through. So about an hour or two. Uh, go by. You're you're really in your second hour now, and Veers, you're still not in a situation where you feel like telling everybody to stop and start looking. Um, it, this is not. And your as your guys are going, you know, Veers, you're looking for fungus, right? You're looking right. for regular mushrooms, little mushrooms here, and it's just this is not dark enough yet. You haven't found any caves. You really haven't even found any elevations at all. It's just bog and mush and 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 uh, peat and uh, so on and so forth. But um, as you're going, um, you notice Sar kind of slowing down a little bit. So, Veers, this is not the first newbie you've taken out into the middle of the wilderness. <laughs> you tie, you decide maybe, you know what, let, let's take a quick break. Um, and, uh, you know, each one of you guys has got, uh, got some rations and some water on you uh, because you wouldn't have uh, gone this far without it. So I think uh, maybe stopping for a second. Um, and having a seat. All right, sounds like a good idea. We should probably maybe take a little camp here. Not not camp camp, but, you know, just take a little rest here. All right, you guys uh, can go ahead and recover one strain. I do not know why Larbeck sent me. I am the worst person <laughs> to come out in this shit. What was he thinking? <laughs> I'm good at two things. I mean, you you got that solid deal going to get that cart to get us here. That was super important, and we really needed it. Uh-oh. Hey, <laughs> no I one else could have made that deal, too, old man. Exactly. I tell you what, if you get me through this, we could do business <laughs> together. Sar, how are you feeling now that you've had a chance to get out, sit on a log and uh, deal with three strangers? I feel terrible. I'm squeegeeing the dew <laughs> and mildew off of my f- jacket. I'm took take a stick uh, off the ground and start picking mud and, and moss out of my boots and, and uh, uh, just in a miserable state. Uh, definitely very cautious about my surroundings and and uh, always scanning and looking for for the worst, but also more. Uh, uh, interested in uh, not falling into a swamp or a uh, a hole that uh, would get me stuck that I couldn't get myself out of. Okay, how about you, Ori? How are you feeling? It's better than a gladiator pit, and uh, 
Reminds me <laughs> a little bit of home. <laughs> All right. So, so viewers, where do I use the refresher at out here? <laughs> I think uh, I think you can head right over there a little bit. Anyone Be bring careful. any paper? <laughs> Space paper. <laughs> it's, it's like we're camping. <laughs> Mike's greatest moments at camping is figuring out better ways to improve the refresher experience while we're at Jordan Lake. Right. <laughs> Squatty potty, baby. All right. So you guys. <laughs> so you guys are out there and. Um, uh, I'm going to I, I'm going to give you guys some flexibility here, especially because you guys have have some advantages to work with. Um, between the four of you, who's got who's in the best situation between survivalist and perception? Perception um, that'll be either Veers or um, Sars, probably. Um, rank two, two yellow and a green on perception. Yeah, and I think that's higher than even my survival. So, okay. Um, so let's go ahead and give you a boost on perception, Sars. Um, and I'm going to set this to a three purple difficulty. Your pool is ready. Um, I'm going to use a dark side point to upgrade. This puts us back in balance at three light side and three dark side. So now you're actually uh, at two purple and a red. And the pool is ready for you to roll. Hey, what did what did, what did you roll, Sar? Uh, I, I, it appears to be very well. Uh, uh, <laughs> positive on a uh, on a success with four uh, advantages. Is that right? Yep. And a triumph. Four advantages and a triumph. So, sorry, I think that um, you definitely uh, being who you are, um, you're you are always always watching right always looking and it's not that the other three guys especially veers aren't um you know getting lost you know picking the bo- the mud out of their boots like hop is um you, your head is on a swivel um uh you're gonna see something and i'll tell you in a second what that is gonna be that's your success i need to get a sense of what the uh, advantages of triumphs are gonna be because that's a that's not a little of success that's a lot of success a lot of advantage and a triumph um, <clears throat> and, and 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 Nick, this is relatively new to you, right? Yeah. This process, and it takes a long time to do it. So let me give you kind of a sense of context, right? So the role was about what do you see around you, and metagaming, you know, something's out there because I asked you to roll for it, right? I wouldn't just ask you to roll for it because uh, a twig fell off, but. You don't know what that is yet, and that but the success takes care of you're gonna see what I wanted you to see against. But you are looking all around you, you're watching all the time. You now can gain not only a little advantage, you got four advantage. And then you got the the gold. You got the first place triumph, which means something really good is gonna happen. So in context of you looking around, head on a swivel. What do you think um, we can do with those? Uh, at first, I was thinking maybe uh, I'm seeing signs of this fungus, maybe not quite darkened or even find some of our, our fungus that we're looking for. Um, uh, or even another sense of uh, 
I don't know, maybe some swamp boots or something that were left behind from a previous explorer or something <laughs> silly, something that would help my life way better. But uh, at first thought, I was thinking something along the lines of maybe a uh, uh, signs of we're getting close uh, to uh, the fungus we're looking for. So here's what's funny is Larbeck picked Veers as kind of the he, I mean, he's a survivalist, right? He's the outdoors guy. When when some idiot bounty has run off to some out remote planet and he's living off of uh, the dew from the morning rain, he knows he can send Veers to go get that bounty because Veers can sit there for five weeks waiting for the bounty to hit. And the guy's only got two weeks worth of rations. And you're sent out there um, and this is not your environment, but you're able to leverage your observation skills and you are starting to learn. Not only are you, you're not learning necessarily from about the swamp. You're learning a lot by watching veers and your ability to uh, read people and to learn from what you're watching is giving you a strong sense of, of what's happening here. And you listen to everything. SARS and you listen very close and you paid attention to what Veers paid attention to. So you know that around here is where you might be able to start to find this kind of dark gooky fungus that uh, that he's been talking about and spending some time exploring this area might be you might start to find some gold. So how do you want to share that with everybody else? Uh I think I'd go straight to Veers um, and say, uh, "Hey Veers, uh, I'm I'm observing the way you you trek through this uh, this swamp and, and what you're looking at. Uh, I have a feeling that we're onto something. Uh, I'm, I'm seeing uh, uh, signs that we're, we're getting close. Uh, what are your thoughts?" Uh, excellent. I agree. I agree. Uh, is it worth? us uh, starting to uh, maybe not spread out but uh, kind of comb through uh, our immediate area to see if we can find any of this uh, fungus that we're looking for I think that sounds like a great idea Urian Hop what are you doing um, I are your boots clean yet Hop <laughs> no <laughs> they're, they're never going to be clean again Hop how, how, how are you feeling right now man you know, the thing about the swamp is it's nasty and it's dirty, but it's not really all that scary. <laughs> I mean, it's not like there's some sort of giant mythosaur roaming around trying to <laughs> stalk your next I mean, It's gross, but and it's wet, but it's fine. But... So I you hear, you, you overhear Sar and, uh, and uh, Veer's talking. So, guys, are, is this the place? Do we need to look for the fungus here? I think we're going to start checking out these trees. So what am I looking for other than black fungus? I would say... Really black fungus. Yeah, <laughs> super black fungus. Black fungus. Uh, I think if you see... Hopefully we can kind of try to, to paint a picture of what these... Even if they're green, that's starting to show us good signs of their growth. Then we can start to find the, the, the more ready ones. So there's some that are green and some that are gray, like you mentioned. So you'll want to see if you see gray ones, that's a sign to keep going in that direction. If you see green ones, you know, we're we're getting on the right track. Why did Larbeck send me? 
<laughs> this is really depressing, isn't it? <laughs> this is not what I do. This, this, this is how I feel in foremost. <laughs> so, Uri, um, you know, Hop is feeling a little out of place. Sar is feeling a, a little out of place. Uh, obviously, uh, Veers knows exactly why he's here right now. What's running through your head right now? Why did Larbeck decide to make sure that you were the fourth guy? Or, or don't you care? If Larbeck says go, you go. Uri's just sitting here eating a snack and getting some water while we're taking a break here, trying to let our survivalist do his job. <laughs> so you've, you've, wor- you've worked with Hop before, and, and uh, as we know about you, Yuri, um, once you kind of bond with somebody and, you g- and, and they gain your trust, which Hop has gained your trust, um, you know, that's important to you, right? right. Um, but you've got these two new guys. Uh, what's your take on uh, Veers? Veers, he's uh, a little long in the tooth, a little slow for my taste, trumpet through the, through the swamp, but so far so good. Doesn't give me a reason not to trust him. And how about this SARS guy? Uh, this SARS guy seems a little, uh, a little green. <laughs> in terms of being out in the woods, doesn't seem to really be his thing, but it looks like he might uh, be a quick learner. Quick so you guys put away the you put away the can the you know the the containers of water, the cantinas of water, you, you uh, your Doritos and your uh, beef jerky, uh, you put back into your pouches and things like that. Uh, uh, Sar, uh, Sar has done a good job of kind of uh, agreeing with Veers that uh, it's might it might be worth kind of scoping out this area here that you might have some success. Um, I want to know what that plan is. I'm going to get a beer while you guys talk about it, and I'll be right back. Hi there, this is Owen from the Nova Open, and I am a $5 patron of Third Floor Wars because I love supporting the whole Malifaux community. I want to help Craig and the whole Third Floor Wars team continue making the fantastic content that gets me through my daily commute. You should join me in supporting the show. Just pause this episode, head to patreon.com and search Third Floor Wars, or grab the link in the show notes. See you there. Want to do a quick shout out for our all-time top patrons, Nick Westbrook, Craig Chuba, Stephen Morris, Kevin Smith, Sam Newman, James Hahn, Jeremy Peace, Ambrose Ingram, and Corin Soles. It's because of you guys and gals that uh, we're able to do what we do. You know, everybody's kind of packing their stuff up and... Uh, by default, everybody's kind of looking to you. You you have made your expertise pretty apparent at this point. So uh, can you kind of uh, let us know what uh, the game plan is, and are you uh, are you directing things at this point? Uh, absolutely. So we're gonna we're gonna split up. Uh, it'll be Hop and I. It'll be Uri and Star together, and we're gonna sort of try to form a grid pattern and take and take a look through these trees and see if there are any signs of uh, any any darker locations, any caves, any overhangs, things like that. Okay. Um, so party split is always fun for me, but that's, so that's great. Great plan. That's why that's, that's my fault for going to get a beer. Um, <laughs> not, not too far. Well, and it's not, not necessarily like split, split, run off into the forest together, yeah, yeah. but you know, sort of to the left. That's yeah, it. grid together. Yeah. Well, just sort well, of, and, and that's important. Yes. Are you guys, are you guys trying to say we're inside of each other? 
Yeah, that sounds like yeah. a good plan. That, and that's only that's only gonna be like yeah, twenty. But, you feet. know, the mushrooms aren't aren't like, aren't like my trees. Yeah, but then I can see twenty feet to my left, and he can see twenty feet to his right. So that's with a twenty feet in the middle gives us a little bit of a bigger grid. Eighty foot radius, baby. All right, so you guys are kind of heads down, looking on the side of the trees, um, and as well as obviously looking. Um, for any type of uh, we also just caves. wanted to just double check and see if there was if we could see signs of any other uh, wildlife in the area generally or any sort of tracks and there, there's, of wild, there's wildlife everywhere well, there are bugs there's these winged bird thingies and stuff is Hop is still keeps slapping the back of his neck left and right for whatever reason it's really weird no bugs are screwing with Yuri so Sorry, you're getting bitten, Veers. Sarm's getting bitten. Hop's getting bitten. Veers is like, what, 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 what is your problem? Um, so, so let's be a little bit more specific. What are you guys looking for? Uh, we're looking for tracks for anything I think that might be uh, a threat to us, uh, whether it be a wild, wild animal that would be a threat or whether it would be another, say, troop of people looking for these types of things. Something bigger than your fist, maybe? Yeah. All right. All right. So that's definitely going to be a survivalist. Um and I think Veers has got the best survivalist crew with one one yellow and two green. I'm going to steal a light side point though. All right. Uh, the pool is ready for you. Oh, actually, not yet. I lied. Now it's ready. I upgraded you. All right. <laughs> you guys are triumph machines. <laughs> so for people listening to the podcast right now, a triumph is supposed to be this kind of this rare thing that happens maybe once or twice in a uh, session. And uh, it has a huge impact. I mean, these guys are rolling triumphs left and right. So, uh, Veers, what did you roll? Uh, I rolled one success, three advantages and one triumph. <laughs> All right. So you're going through. I'm going to take care of your success. You're going through and you're just, you know, by, by your normal process, right? You you know, even even though you've gotten used to the background noise, you've gotten used to the chirps and the frogs and all the different sounds that are going on. At no point do you let your guard down, Veers. Um, you've been out. You've been doing this for too long. You start looking around at tracks and you see a track that you have never seen before. And it, it's... If you were to put your hand in front of you right now, Veers, this thing is about three hands tall, three hands wide. It's got three toes. It's hard for you to get a sense of, well, actually, I don't know. What what are we going to use those three advantage of triumphs for? I I like the idea of the triumph being a a little more information about what this uh, particular thing is. Okay. Reptile. Three three big toes uh so i definitely like the idea of spending a triumph or two or a, sorry advantage or two on uh getting additional insight about what uh what particular thing it is we've noticed yep so i'm going to give you a sense of size and how old these tracks are does that uh, satisfy all those that sounds good all right so one they're relatively fresh so whatever left these tracks did not do it um, too long ago. And you're looking at the patterns of it, and it's pretty obvious that it's multi-legged, so it's not a biped. It can't really tell if it's four or six legs, um, but um, it's definitely not a biped. Probably the biggest thing, this is where I'm going to use the Triumph, is you look very clear, carefully at the end of each of these tracks, and you see claws, um, which you know... Um, uh, in the work that you do, 
doesn't necessarily usually don't see claws on a herbivore. I want to ask, uh, um, Veers, how, how deep are the tracks? How far in the mud do they go? I'm trying to get a sense of how big this thing is. What's the weight? <laughs> hmm, let's do another. Let's, that, 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 that's another roll. To get a All sense right. of size, I am going to. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, how, how big is this thing? So um, I'm giving you three purple, but I'm also giving you a boost um, because of how successful your last one was. It's ready when you are. No, no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Two failures and five advantages. Um, I'm going to use those advantages for you, viewers. Um, this thing definitely has six legs. Fantastic. So as you were going through and you were looking at, you know, how deep the tracks were, because it was a great question from Yuri. Uh, it's really hard if you get a sense of weight because some of the tracks are real deep, some are real light, so it's not hard to tell. But it's really odd to have multiple depths, and it, it's obvious that whatever this is has six legs. <laughs> and there's more than one. Say, let's go the opposite way of the legs. The <laughs> well, let's, let's let's start like, really start looking for these mushrooms or, or this fungus. Let's start looking. Let's start focus. Let's focus on that. Yeah, we definitely have to. Kind of focus on that. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's correct. All right, so remind me of the teams. So we've got Uri and Sar together. Is that right? All right, so let's start with you guys. This is going to be either survivalist or perception, whichever the two is better between the. So look, both of you look at both and compare them to each other and figure out who, who's in the best spot. Uh, probably my survival or my uh, perception of two yellow and a green. All right, so that and that's so what, what we'll do then is we're going to uh, set it that to three purple difficulty, but we're going to give a boost because Uri's looking as well, even though he's not as strong as you are. Can I get a perception roll from you, Sar? I've got those uh, uh, what are they, scanner goggles. And what do they do? We'll remove any setbacks in those low light conditions. So, GM, we should. And you guys are not you're not in low light enough that I was going to give you a setback. So I think I, 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 it's good you're wearing them, but right now it's not going to impact the roll. But I appreciate you bringing we it up. We did have a uh, survivalist boost. Can we use that on this? Uh, yeah, if you've got a, any any we boost, have three to... left. So. Oh, okay. Oh, look at him Let me doing go such ahead a good and... job keeping track. I wrote it down. That's why yeah. I, wrote you. I wrote it down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, That's so that, that gives you. you two boosts actually. Then so one one from a floating uh, advantage, and one from uh, Yuri looking as well. All right, so we're ready when you are, Sar. We're never going to find it. Yep. It did. All right, so sorry. You but an advantage. You, you guys, both of you guys are looking. Um, you know what? You, you saw some green, but I'm going to use your advantage for you. You started to see some gray, right? And it was pretty obvious between Veers and what Domdi's told you that that's kind of the progression, right? Green, gray, black. So I think that the fact that you've seen the transition from green to gray is heading in the right direction. So I think that's going to give you a boost the next time you start looking for. Um, I forgot what the name of it is already. Kabuki. Yep, it's a uh, black Kabuki. Like I think he said three or four different things so far. So I've only written down two. Kabuki. What is it? Kabuki. Kabuki. the K or B. Uh, G A B A K I. 
Gabaki. Um, so that's going to give you uh, a boost uh, next time you start looking. Um, all right, so the same thing for uh, uh, Veers and Hop. Uh, you guys are doing the same thing, kind of looking through. I assume Veers is uh, the better yeah, shot here, though your perception's pretty good. My uh, perception is... I think Saravalis is a... Uh, a, a yellow and one green. Or, I'm sorry, yellow and two green. Yeah, so that matches my survival. All right, so you guys will give the other one a boost. Sure. You, roll um, a die, huh? you haven't rolled a die well, in a while. And, yeah. and you, I, you get another boost, right? right. So you have so another floating boost. The assist and one more of our, our wild boosts. All right. So we got three purple and two boost. Uh, the pool is ready for you to roll hop. Let's see, another failure <laughs> and an advantage. <laughs> so this swamp is the worst. <laughs> so you, you roll home. six, seven, eight dice, and they all cancel each other out to one failure, one advantage. Uh, so you two, neither of you see anything. Um, I'm going to use your advantage for you, Hop. Just to the southeast of where you're looking, there is, uh, I mean, who knows what these plants are? Some sort of fern type tree top drop down fungus type thing. You, you, you see some shaking. So the advantage is, is just south of you, you're seeing some shaking. Uh, something you haven't seen in the two hours that you guys have been to, in the uh, swamp. Draw my blaster. And say, hey guys, 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 <laughs> guys. I, I, I've had my blaster drawn for hours. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so can you can you ping on the ping on the map, kind of where this thing uh, is? That's up to you. Uh, where do you want it to be on the map? Hop, you're the one that saw it. All right. Down towards that area there, you see some moving around. You obviously you're not that far away from the uh, the other party, so you you just kind of point and uh, ask Veers, "What the hell? Uh, the hell is that?" That's right, Veers. You see that shaking? All right, what what the that? hell is it? All right. So now we talk about initiative. So the way in Edge of Empire, the way that initiative works is everybody rolls for initiative based off of either one of two uh, things, either cool or vigilance. And that's going to be based off of whether they were preparing to ambush somebody else so they had kind of planned things out. They've got themselves exactly where they needed to be to be able to handle the situation. Or maybe they were really on guard and expecting imminent danger. Or this is a little bit unexpected. And but what's unique about this system is that when you roll for initiative, each individual rolls based off of their individual stats. But as we go through, you're going to notice that anybody can take the slot that's won. So let's start off real simple. I'm going to go ahead and roll for the NPCs first. So give me just a second. And the NPCs are going to be using cool because they've been following you guys for a while. So the first NPC is a one uh, success, one advantage. Next NPC is one success, zero advantages. Zero successes, two advantages. And the fourth one is zero successes, two advantages. Now, for each one of you, uh, go to your combat. I believe it's under combat. You have initiative. You guys are definitely using vigilance. So under initiative... Not your vigilance skill, but under under um, initiative, hit, hit your vigilance. 
Yeah, GM, I'd like to use, uh, take a strain and get a boost to my vigilance check. All right, and, and why, why are you able to do that? I get to do that because I have a rapid reaction talent from being a gunslinger. Gotcha. So you have a talent that gives you a boost to uh, to these types of checks. So let me go ahead and in, in, we already have a built in, don't we, on your sheet? The plus one B. Uh, we do with cool, but not with. Um, so t- take use the same syntax and put it on vigilance. All right. So hop, you got two successes. All right. So the final thing here, let me go ahead and get it in order for you guys. All right. So the final initiative order is four PC slots because they got three successes, one advantage, two and two, two and zero, two and zero. And we've got two NPCs, another PC and two NPCs. And what's cool about uh, Edge of Empire and the other... uh, We ended up with too many PCs. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, who rolled twice? Yeah, I rolled rolled twice on accident. All right, so what was your second one, Hop? Your second one was two successes, so I'm going to get rid of one of those. All right, so we got three PCs, two NPCs, a PC, two NPCs. Um, And what's neat about the system is that you can go in and when a PC slot comes up, any of these four guys can go. Now, you only go once per turn, but unlike other systems out there where you you rolled well, so you have to go better than someone else, the, they have a much better uh, flexibility as far as that's concerned. <coughs> so give me just a second to set up the screen. Everybody freeze. <laughs> don't move. I saw in this picked movie that they can't see you if you don't move. <laughs> <laughs> so you what, I'm pretty impressed with uh, Roll20 and the... Uh implementation to the uh, Star Wars system. Yeah, this is all homebrew, all of the different uh, things they did with the character sheets, but the way they integrated the character sheets into the the unique dice and the information that it passes through, um, I think rolled, and there's, uh, what is it? uh, Is it Tabletop? That's Tabletop Simulator. What is the other big Uh, rival to Roll20? I don't Um, answer that. Is it Tabletopia? I, I can't remember. Tabletopia. Yeah, so they've done some good work, too, but it's because of this uh, guy that has been doing it on his own. He is, he is. T- I think Roll20 is the better place to play it. There's some cool things about the uh, Tabletopia that I like, but Roll20 is nice. But the integration, how easy it is to just click your weapon, and the fact that I, as the GM, can set your opposing dice pool for you, Instead of telling you, you need to add two blue and three fourth, you know, so like that, I can just set it and we can go. That's it makes cool. it real nice. Yeah. Um, and even though we're using a map here on roll 20, um, I think it makes it just a little bit easier. Um, when we go play at the campsite, uh, we probably will not have a map. It'll all be theater of the mind. But I think it's a little bit easier, especially because we have so many new people in this campaign to, to have a little bit of a map. So I fully expect the 3D board <laughs> <laughs> with fully painted, like, like, like fully painted and or, you know, uh, hologram based is what I expect to see. <laughs> so when I tell you, you hear something behind you, you'll actually hear something behind you. Exactly. <laughs> so hop, you look off and, and you see, you know, kind of a rustling that's a little odd. And then, um, you know, you Brit, you, you, you and you saw that you know down here, and 
you, you kind of call Veers over and you're like, you know, you know, what the hell is going on down there? That's a little strange. So Veers steps over. Veers, you're, t- you're kind of taking a look. And I'm buying time as I try to find the uh, visual. Hold on one second. All right. So Veers, you see. You see the you see the kind of the shaking and the moving, and then uh, you you bring Veers over, and you know all it happens almost simultaneous, like like they're like it, it's it, 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 they're integrated with each other. This head pops up, and to describe this creature, it's it's a eyeless, large gaping mouth. It's right around maybe 10, 12 feet long, with uh, opposable appendages in the front and kind of spiked second and third set of legs, so six legs total. It pops its head up, and at the same time that it pops its head up, there is eight, uh, seven other ones that do. So there's eight total. You all see them. They, they've got you completely surrounded. And probably just the, the, the most disturbing part of all of it. It's just the sound, and it and it and it si- almost silences everything around it. We have got three PC slots first. Uh, so, uh, right now, Sar, you are sh- uh, short distance from the two over here and the two over here. Veers and Hop, you're close to the two here. Uri, you're close to those here. So uh, the rain banjas work as it goes short, close, engaged. Who's going to take the first slot? And all of you are prepped. Everybody has their weapons out. I nominate Hop. I'll go last. All right, I'll go. So uh, Hop has been to a lot of alien planets and seen a lot of. He's not unused to seeing aliens. (laughs) <laughs> but these things kind of mortify him. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so I will. Hop has a cool ability through his gunslinger tech tree for a quick strike, where he adds a uh, a white square uh, die a, a rank of quick strike. Yeah. To uh, combat checks against targets that have not activated yet. So. He's going to take the opportunity to shoot at the minion group closest to him and Veers. Okay, so that gives you a boost. Um, you are, uh, I said you guys were uh, close, right? So the difficulty is only one on that. Um, you have a maneuver. Do you want to use that maneuver first? Um, Aim? Yeah, I want to back away. Okay, so do you want to move from close to, sh- to short distance? Yeah. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and take care of that for you. I'm going to move okay. you closer to Sar. So you yeah, you fine. have one maneuver, which you use to move from close distance to these things back to kind of where Sar is, where he's short to everybody. Um, you can spend two strain to do an additional maneuver, or you can go ahead and take your action. I'm going to take two strain to aim. Okay, so increase your strain by two. That gives you an additional boost. Now, you also raised your difficulty... Um, to two purple. So you've got two boosts, two purple is your pool. Go ahead and uh, what uh, weapon are you using? Heavy blaster. All right, you you go ahead and uh, aim your heavy blaster and take a shot. 
right, let's see what I got. All right, awesome. I got four advantage. Uh, sorry, four successes and two advantages. So the, blast. Yeah, the damage on your blaster is seven, and then for each success, you also get a damage. So that's going to end up being eleven damage. Now the critical for that heavy blaster is three, which means you would need three advantage to do a critical, which you don't have enough to. So we'll talk about what you use the advantage for here in a second, but you end up doing a total of uh, 11 damage. So let's go ahead and take care of that. All right, so um, with Soak, which reduces the damage, on the screen what I'm showing uh, Hop is that the two groups that he took a shot at. What a guy. He took them both out. Exactly why we brought you. I was quite mortified. Here's here's something that's um, interesting is, you know, in in more tactical based RPGs, you take a short swing, you take a shot. But in Edge of Empire, things are a little bit more abstract, a little bit more narrative. So even though you only rolled one to uh, shoot your blaster, really what you're doing is you had your blaster out, you aimed and you just started unloading your blaster. So narratively, what happened in that total exchange between you and these two uh, critters that just popped out of the swamp is you ended up doing enough damage to both of them to take them both out. So I need you to tell me exactly what happened. All right. So uh, we're looking for the fungus and we start hearing that creepy little noise. And then the eyeless, ugly oak looks up and all his friends look up and Hop's not having any of that. He starts backing up. He has his pistol in his hand, and he just—he doesn't wait for anything else to happen. He just starts shooting. He unloads on those two things, and uh, I don't—I don't think the first one knew what happened before the other one was destroyed. And All they right, just collapse in a pile of blaster fire. Axel, we have two PC turns left before one of these NPCs get to go. Who's going to take the next action? Uh, I'll go ahead. Uh, I will. Veers, uh, you were in close distance to the two, and those shots just typical <laughs> typical hop, right? Which you know, you know, in the future in our current campaign, you know hop, but this is the first time you've seen this. You just yeah. see, you saw the city slicker just kind of slide back, <laughs> cool as a cat, blow the hell out of these two nasties. So I think you were getting ready to shoot at these things because they were the closest to you. But you're now short distance uh, from every uh, all the other ones. So there's six left, and they're, you're short from all of them. So when when the blaster fire goes by and you see both of these things get their heads blown off, what do you do? Uh, what I think I'm going to do now is uh, I'm going to switch my blaster to, to kill, and I'm going to aim and fire at this group here. Okay. So, Veers, you almost 180, right? It's like, whoa, whoa, Okay change of plans you turn around 180 there's two more of these things whatever they are and they're huge and they're kind of reared up and they've got their clawed appendages are up in the air and these spikes are going and they're just that sound it's it's hard to completely explain just how nasty that sound is there's a lot of underbrush there um though veers um so you are going to get too difficulty because of the range um and are you using uh the it's an incidental for you to turn 180 do you want to use a maneuver to aim uh yes all right so i'm going to give you a boost for aiming you get a setback because of the just the amount of uh foliage that these things are in so they've got cover uh so right now the pool is one boost one setback and two uh disadvantages or uh, uh two uh purples all right, so I had two advantages that we didn't spend. Let's talk about that. How do you want to use those uh, two advantages? Uh, they're just going to go to the next two players. 
one one to the next two. Times. All right, so the next two rolls are going to have advantages. Narratively, how does that work out, Hop? So you just blew the hell out of these two things. You step back, did it. How, how do you help the next two people that are about to go? Uh, I start, I start calling out just... shots. I start calling. <laughs> there, uh, yeah, so I yeah. called out beer shot. You know, I said, <laughs> look there in the bush. There's they two of them. They definitely have weak points in their heads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I found them. You saw them, <laughs> right? Okay. So uh, it, uh, they're not nearly as scary as they were three seconds ago before I just <laughs> unloaded a blaster and took them out. All right. So, Veers, you've, uh, that gives you another boost. Uh, yep. So, Veers, your pool is ready with two boosts. One setback and two difficulty. And uh, what are you rolling for your uh, skill? Uh, I'm going to use my... The rifle? SK, my, uh, yes, blaster rifle. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, out of curiosity, uh, Veers, how many total dice did you end up rolling? Uh, I rolled a grand total of two, four, five, six, seven, eight dice. And how many successes and, uh, did you get? Uh, I've netted zero successes, zero advantages, and zero triumphs. So it's nothing. What's funny is that three of the dice blanked. He got an advantage, but he also got a threat. He got two successes and two uh, two uh, failures. He literally ended up nothing. So you missed. Nothing good happened. Nothing bad happened. You won 80 you took a shot really, at these things. Due to the what 180, happened? I probably fired just a little bit early and just shot off to the left or to the right of these fellas. <laughs> All right, perfect. And in no way have you dissuaded them, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Nor has it given you any confidence whatsoever in what's going down. <laughs> All right, guys, we have this is critical. We have one more PC slot with two more PCs to go, and then we start with the NPCs. So between Yuri and Sar, um, who's about to act? Sar. Uh, I'm I'm, a, I'm in. Uri's confident in his two. melee abilities to okay. go last. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Sar, this is an interesting situation. What are you going to do? Yeah, I uh, I would hope I would be perceptive uh, uh, with the direction I was uh, facing when these things popped up and saw a few shots pop off, but unfortunately, there was no hits to give me potentially any knowledge on where to shoot and, and how to approach these things. Um. I think I'm just going to raise my blaster and uh, my blaster pistol at uh, uh, this one. I don't know how to highlight it, but the one just. All you have to do is hold down your left key and it'll ping gotcha. everybody. All right. Great. So you're you, on our map. Uh, the, there's been basically two groups, four sets of two groups. Hop took out the, the groups to the north. Uri's next to the groups to the east. Hop and Sar are right in the kind of the middle of things, and uh, Sar, you're focusing on the group to the south, the group of two to the yes, south. Yes, the, the two on the south, because I seem to have line of sight on them. I'm looking south anyway. Um, naturally, I think I would, uh, uh, in my field of vision, that would be the one I would go after for sure. All right, great. So you're 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 looking south. Um, you have by default you have a maneuver, and there's several ways you can use that maneuver. You can use it like Hop did to change how close or far you are away from other things. Or you can also use it to aim, which gives you a boost dice. And you have an action, and the action you're going to take is going to be firing your pistol. Mechanically, though, you've already heard it happen, is you can spend two of your strain, your mental aptitude, 
to get an additional maneuver. So you can take up to two maneuvers in your initiative action round. And what that's often used for is either to move farther away or closer, or to also, you can use a maneuver to aim, which gives you a boost. So what would you uh, like to do? I definitely want to aim. You kind of mentioned uh, wanting to touch on accurate one at a later time. Yes. What does that do for me? Right yeah, now? What, what does accurate one do? Uh, did I not put accurate one in there for you? Give me a second. I don't know where to look for it, to be honest with you guys. I apologize. Yeah, I thought I put the notation in there for you, but obviously I didn't give me a second. This, this is the part that gets edited out. It'll be on your uh, character sheet. Um, yeah, I don't, it'll be I, I don't think it was. Well, it's actually a uh, attribute to his gun. So I don't think It'll I typed. It should be under the gun, typically. I didn't type it out for him. You didn't know. Uh, for each level of accurate, you get a boost die to attack fools while using this weapon. Oh, perfect. Nice. So gotcha. what is your, your accurate one? I'm accurate one. All right. So by default, you get a boost. By default. And it, he has one more boost coming to him for my uh, last advantage. All right. Gotcha. So that takes care of one maneuver. All right. No maneuver. That's just an action. With, with an action, you've got two purple, two boost. One from the floating uh, advantage. Another one from the fact that your gun is such an accurate gun. You have a maneuver and potentially a second maneuver if you want to spend the strain. Gotcha. I'll avoid the strain. I'm going to focus on just using my maneuver to aim. All right. So your pool right now, because of the of the range, it's two difficulty, two purples, and three boosts. So you've got three uh, light blue boost die, and it's ready for you to roll. Light them up. Light them up. Howdy friends, here on the third floor, you'll find us playing Malifaux and other games on Mats by Mars. They are scratch resistant, waterproof, wet erase marker compatible, and lighter than neoprene. Mats by Mars gives you over 40 designs to choose from. Pick a mat size, pick a design, then choose an overlay like the one for Marvel Crisis Protocol or Malifaux 3rd Edition. It will speed up deployment and the placement of strategy and objective markers. If you're going to Adepticon this year, be sure to check out the Mats by Mars booth. Until the end of March 2020, you can use the new promo code thirdfloor 320 that's thirdfloor 320 to get a 10% discount on your next order. In the notes, you can ask for the Third Floor logo to be put on your mat for free. Again, use the promo code thirdfloor 320 to get a 10% discount. Details are in the show notes. Six, seven <laughs> advantage. So all your successes, you had a total of just uh, two successes and two failures. So they canceled each other out. But you ended up with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven advantages. So even though you didn't hit one of them, uh, you've got some advantages to work with. Uh, Veers, I think probably you can help him spend some of those larger sets, right? What are ways he can spend, potentially spend like three uh, of those advantages? Uh, we can say negate. We can negate defenses by, say, blasting out cover away from them. You can disarm uh, the targets. You ways can blow can up do. a hand or something, maybe. Yeah, blowing away, blow away some foilers. So we can do that if you want, uh, uh, Sar. We can just say that, you know, yeah, you may not have hit them. 
but you tore up all of the different brushes and bushes and things like that and you have for those that group in the south you have clear shot next time so they're going to get no cover i like it all right great all right so now for some npc action we've got two npc slots so i mentioned that there's four groups of two and in edge of empire you have three different levels of opposing npcs you have minions which work as a group and the more they're in the group the stronger they are you've got um rivals which work independently and they're kind of your mid-level boss and then you have your nemesis which are equivalent to pcs they're your your big baddies these guys are minions the minions um they the bigger the group is this is actually four sets of two minions they're gonna go i think that the um even though he hasn't acted yet the seven foot lizard guy that is right on top of the guys to the east these here i think they're gonna act um so give me just a second so uri you are you're not engaged with these things but they go ahead and they move into engagement with you okay they come out of the brush and you saw them uh, ahead of time, of course, but they just, they, their heads popped up and they're coming at you with their claws. Um, let's go ahead and have them. So their, their front, their four spiked legs are, are what they're moving on. Their clawed hands are coming out and they're just coming out and they're both slashing at you. Um, that's going to be a melee. Um, so that means automatically it's too difficulty. Okay, so I've got that there. They're too difficulty. And they go ahead and roll. All right, so they rolled uh, one yellow, two purples. So they're normally they would roll just three purples, but because there's two of them, it upgrades one of their die uh, to a proficiency. So they get a success and a threat. So the damage to you, um, Uri is going to be their brawn of three plus five plus one. So it's going to be nine damage. Subtract your soak. Hey, so take five. And uh, they did not get any advantages, which would allow them to activate their qualities of ensnare and knockdown. So Uri, they pop up. Their heads come up. They both launch at you with these really just unnatural long claw hands. One of them hits you, the other one misses you, but they both kind of get a little bit knocked over each other and their eagerness, so they're going to get a setback. This group is going to get a setback if they attack you again. Uh, so okay. just remind me, if they we get to them again, that they have, they've got a setback. All right, got it. All right, so we've got another NPC slot. This group here is going to use their NPC slot to move and get engaged with both Hop and Sar. So they're gonna use, a sacrifice their action for two maneuvers. So they're gonna go from short to close, close to engaged. So both Hop and Sar are now engaged with both of these critters. We've got one PC left, and that is you, Uri. What is about to happen here? All right, I'm gonna use two, some strain to get this frenzied attack. And what does frenzied attack um, do? All right, so frenzied attack. And this um, is a talent, right? Yes, um, and I, I have it. So, in Frenzied Attack... Alright, so... When making a melee or brawl attack, suffer strain up to ranks in Frenzied Attack to upgrade the attack by an equal amount. So, I don't know what 
exactly upgrading the attack by an equal amount does? Is it upgrading in dice or it damage? It does. Or? It'll turn a gr- it turns a green into It'll a yellow. Upgrade dice. All right. Okay. So you have what, how many ranks? So, in it? Um, one. I think I only have one. Rank. All right. So and and how much strain do you have to take to use it? Um, just the one. I think uh, suffer. Strain up to the ranks. All right, so you'll, so you'll suffer one strain and you'll upgrade. So I went ahead and upgraded. Now, they've already engaged you, Yuri, so you have a maneuver to work with. Do you want to aim with that maneuver? Um, yes. All right, so I'm going to give you a boost for the aim. So all melee engaged attacks have, by default, two difficulty. Uh, so I've got two purples for you. I've upgraded your roll. So whatever your normal roll is, you're going to get uh, one of those greens upgraded to a yellow, and you've got a boost. The pool's ready for you. Wait, time out. What? They get a negative because of... Oh, yeah, uh, they have that set. No, no, that'll be the next I time see. they attack okay. him, except yeah, that he's going to kill them right I now. I appreciate so that, gonna though, be Mike. Fine. No, I'm sorry. So you got your Viber Axe out. You take a swing. Get him, Murray. Someone else has to do some work around here. <laughs> you might hate your character profile, but I think you like your character. <laughs> I mean, he's a badass Romulan. <laughs> Very nice. So, nice. two successes after rolling um, six dice. You got two successes, two advantages. Uh, oh, no, successes. I'm sorry. Three successes, one advantage. Um, and you have Pierce 2, which ignores Soak. Yep. You've got Sunder, and I'm trying to remember what Sunder does. That's an active. That to damage weapons, so they don't have any weapons. Gotcha. So. And then uh, Vicious 3 is uh, for criticals, right? All right. Uh, so you don't have enough to and do critical. You need two advantages for the critical. But you do Brawn 3 plus 3 plus 3. So you do 9 damage with an advantage, and you're ignoring up to 2 soak. So with that advantage, I'm going to lower my um, strength back to zero. Okay, great. So one of the things you can use advantages for is you can use advantages to lower your strain. Um, all right, so visually I'm about to show Uri that he has taken out both of these guys. Uh, so they're done because Uri is a badass with a vibro axe. Uri, what exactly happened? So what, what happened first was these things popped up. They came in and they came in on you hard. Um, mm-hmm. And you were ready. Yeah, so I took my uh, vibro axe and did this big arcing swing around my head and nice. chopped over their heads off. <laughs> just, like, just like so. So Hop might think he is hot stuff. But he doesn't have a Vibrax. He's not seven foot tall, right? That's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we've got one more NPC slot, and that's going to be the group here to the south. The group to the south is in the same uh, situation uh, that the other ones was, where it's going to take them two maneuvers to get in there. And uh, they may not be the smartest things in the world, but they're going to go after Yuri. Uh, so both of them move in on Yuri. Uh, and it's going to take them two maneuvers, so they're going to sacrifice their action for a maneuver. So, Uri, you're now engaged with two more of these things. Describe to me what happens. You just cut the head off of two of these things with one big swing. Not, not you. You are not going to let Hop. Like you and Hop have been working together. Hop is a bit of a hot shot, 
and he makes sure everybody knows just how good Hop is. And you know what? To his benefit, my man's good with a blaster. But in a little bit of uh, Lord of the Rings, uh, elf versus dwarf, you see him just blast two of them. You're like, yeah, that's fine. You just you uh, behead two of these things as they come into you. But you look to your right and immediately see two more headed directly at you. I want to get a sense of what happens as those things come at you as you're coming off of that big swing. All right. So after I took that, I guess I got their attention. Um, so these other two worms start just charging at me for a uh, um, for their attack. Okay. All right. So that's good. This is into the second round of combat, and we've got three PC slots, and anybody can go, even Yuri. So that's another I think thing Yuri that's neat about probably this. Go. Yeah, I'll probably go with Yuri again. Yeah, so. Fight night. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to do another frenzied attack. So I'll raise my strain one. All right, so that's going to give you a boost. Do you want to aim as well for your maneuver? Because they're already engaged with you. I will do my aim, All right, so it gives you two boost. I think he's going to spend a light side point, too. Um, I think I'm good. I don't think I need it. I'll save the light side for you guys. I'm going to spend a dark side. Oh. So so we're now three three versus three. No, he should have spent the light (laughs) side point. So you're at one purple, one red versus your melee and with two boosts. We're ready for you to take the roll. Holy cow. All right. <laughs> so you rolled one, two, three, four, five, six, seven dice total, including the purple and the red. The purple and the reds both came up with double failures, which is really outside of the red getting a despair is the best roll they could have. So you ended up with a failure, but a ton of success. So you don't hit these guys. Um, and maybe, uh, Jim, if you can help them out with, uh, Getting multiple uh, successes. What happens? Or what could what could what could happen to him? Oh, geez, hey. Well, I'm going to I'm going to, you know, um, give everybody else an advantage. I mean, a, a boost on their next attack. I'll do that. So, what, narratively. Oh, narratively. So I I take another big swing. It kind of brushes them back. And get and so and I'm trying instead of trying to hit them, I'm trying to I maneuver myself in a way to where it gives um, a brush, a brush the other ones back, and and with this bit, another big arcing swing, they kind of learn. They they saw what happened to the other guys, so they kind of brush back a little bit, but that gives a little edge to the. Um, the other party members too for right. a blaster shot. They're, they're so busy dodging the viral X that they might not notice a blaster shot coming I like their that way too. <laughs> they're so focused on you, and, and also I have a sneaking suspicion that at this point, with the amount of heat going down, that there's a little bit of a battle cry coming out of Yuri. Don't you? <laughs> oh yeah, there you go. All right. So, so Yuri, you, you rolled six advantages there. You may um, want to recover. Re- recover a strain. Yeah, I'll recover my strain, too. All right, I mean, great. Yeah, so you, you're down to full yeah. full strain. Um, all right, so we've got two PC slots before uh, we get some NPCs to go. Does that leave us with five advantage to go into random to the next rolls? Is that right? Uh, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that, man. All right, so we got two PC slots before we got two NPCs trying to read up on the what happens if I have to be engaged while I'm shooting at these things. So that's, uh, GM, what's the deal there? If I'm in close combat or SAR, 
Can we shoot into close combat here? If you're engaged, you can shoot at them. You're you have an automatic. You get one difficulty because it's the same as shooting as close, but you also gain a setback. All right. Well, I'm definitely gonna. Are you okay if I take the lead there, Sar? Yeah, I'll definitely. Yeah, go All ahead. Right. He, has the, he, has the, he has the short gun. Yeah, so I'm gonna go. All right. Um, and I'm gonna use my gunslinger ability that I unlocked, improved quick draw. I'm going to draw my other blaster. Okay. So now I'm going to dual wield. Life side point, maybe? Yeah, I'm going to use the life side point. All right, so let's walk through this step by step. So you are engaged, which is the same as short. So you you get one purple for that, right? Mm -hmm. You get, when you dual wield, you get a setback because you're using two weapons. But if you get three advantages in this roll, you automatically hit on the second gun. Uh, I am going to uh, aim. All right, so that's going to give you a boost. And then you said you want to use the light side. Go ahead and press the light side. That gives you two lights to my four dark, which will upgrade your shot. Okay. All right, you are upgraded. The pool is ready for you, sir. So which weapon do I shoot with? I guess my primary. You want to shoot with the better weapon. Because that's the one. So, for example, whatever weapon is better, either because of accuracy or damage, you want that one to, to, to happen because you need two advantages to cause the second one to matter. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. All right. So you rolled. You rolled a total of three proficiency. One of those you gained because of the light side point. One ability. So one green, three yellow, one setback for dual wielding. One I should have gotten an advantage, the floating advantage, too. Oh, we forgot it. Yep. Yep. All right. So you, what did you end up with? Two successes and two advantage. All right. So the two advantages does what? That allows you to activate the second weapon. So what is the second weapon's damage? I think it's six, right? Uh, it is six, yes. All right. So six plus the seven damage on the primary. That's 13, 14, 15 damage. I think you know what's about to happen. but what I need to do because this is pretty cool these you guys you purposely backed away from the first group right because you don't want to be you don't want to be throwing fists and stabbing knives you want to be shooting blasters so you back away from that first group and you get a little bit closer to Sar who's another you know gunslinger uh, not quite as good as you are but he knows his blasters as well and then out of nowhere another group comes out of the south and they get right on top of you. What happens? So, Papa backs up back to back to Sar. He smokes the two that were in front of him. And right about that time, these two come screaming in. Now, Sar's thrown them off by blasting all around them. And so their, their charge was uh, disordered. And right about that time, uh, Hop kind of gets his wits, he turns around, he draws his other blaster, and bam, two more holes. <laughs> <laughs> so two I, need more. To, I need to know, even though you don't necessarily take in the next shot, Sar, describe from your perspective what just happened, because you've never worked with this hop guy before. I'm impressed. I gotta say, <laughs> I'm just, you know, being as ob- uh, observant uh, as, I, as I am naturally, I, I find myself just watching him act as opposed to watching the dangers around me. Yeah. I find it pretty yeah. amazing. Yeah, pretty good. All right, so we've got another PC before the... Uh, actually, we only got one more NPC to go. So uh, we've we've gotten rid of three of the four NPC groups. 
Uh, Uri is acted. Hop is acted. We have Veers and Sar. Uh, both Sar and Veers are short distance from the last group, but they're engaged with Yuri. Yeah, I definitely don't want to shoot in it, Uri. Oh, isn't that nice of you? <laughs> <laughs> isn't it? Sar doesn't know him, though. <laughs> right. Put your knife on stun. Yeah. What, what? Put, your, put your knife on stun and go in and stab him with it. <laughs> So, am I close enough to maneuver to get there with a single maneuver? So you're at short, so it'll take two maneuvers to get engaged. How about mm. myself? I know I'm a little uh, closer to that one. Uh, you're, you're both you're both at short distance, so it would take a maneuver plus two strain to get two. Uh, no, I'm sorry. It would you could give up your action and spend two maneuvers to get engaged, or you could spend a maneuver two strain for the second maneuver and still be able to take an action but you guys are both have your blasters out so I don't know if you plan on drawing knives but Uh, what's the risk of uh, I know there's some sort of uh, friendly fire going on what what, what happens you're pretty accurate there is so if you were if you shoot into a group that's engaged and one of those engaged are friendlies I have the ability as the GM to use any threats or despairs to direct all the damage to your your friendly. So if you get any sort of threat or despairs, I can say the shot did, even if you're successful, your shot did not hit the monsters. They hit hit your buddy. And that goes away once I'm engaged as well? No, anytime you're shooting into an engaged group. Why it, it, now? If you're engaged, if you're both engaged, then you would just get the setback for being engaged. You uh, have no chance of hitting Yuri. Okay. All right. So uh, then I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and move. I'm gonna take the two strain, and I'm gonna try to shoot these fellas. All right. Go ahead and add the strain for me. So that puts you at six of twelve strain. So this has been uh, this has been a lot. Uh, I think I think some of those are from last time, but that's oh fine. you didn't you didn't reset yourself. I don't think so. Do you remember how much strain you had? Because we got to go back to that campaign to remember what you had. <laughs> I think I had four at the end. Okay, so now you're at two. But at the end of this, we got to put you back to four, right? All right, we can do that. Yeah. All right, so lower yourself down to uh, two of 12. This is the first time you've taken strain, is that right? Uh, we took, uh, we went up and down uh, yeah. earlier, but it was up and down. So I think this is, I think you're at two of 12 now. So you still have an action, Veers. Um, so are we going to uh, uh, blast a rifle the hell out of him? And we're going to try to blast a rifle the hell out of him. All right. I'm going to use the dark side to put us back in balance at three to three. Um, you get a setback for uh, the fact that you're using a ranged weapon while engaged. But uh, difficulty wise, you only get one purple for it. Um, you've used both your maneuvers, so you can't aim. So the pool is ready with one setback, one purple. Wait. There's a floating advantage for oh, Uri's. Um, from Uri's. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. I right, definitely so, need it. So I, I gave you a boost, enough. and I also upgraded you because I spent a dark side. Excellent. All set. Ready when you are, sir. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, how many dice did you roll? Would you end up with? Uh, I rolled a grand total of six dice. Attaboy, uh, and a boy. What's that? No, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> uh, two greens, the boost die, uh, one yellow die, uh, the black die, and a, re- and a red die. 
uh, and I ended up with three successes. All right, so you have eight damage on your uh, badass uh, sporting blaster rifle. So that's a total of 11 damage minus the soak as nine. Which is just enough. <laughs> You've been keeping track. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> All right. We know what's going to happen, but I want to hear because we I mean, you want to talk about several cool moments. Uh, the, the one thing we've learned is the GM needs to up his game a little bit. <laughs> because you guys are a little bit more badass than I thought you were. <laughs> uh, so definitely, I charge back over there, and I and I take my blaster rifle and I just drum some holes into these fellas so that we don't have to do this anymore. <laughs> so I want I want to hear that in context and context of what happened to Yuri. So Yuri slices the heads off of two. Two more jump in. Sar and uh, Sar and Hop take care of the guys to the south. So now, now what's happened for you, Veers, is you're going for the guys in the north. Hop takes care of them. You go for the guys in the east. Sar takes care of those. You go to look west. Hop, Yuri takes care of those. So the south exactly. guys come up, and what happens? Uh, definitely, I'm charging in there to stand shoulder to shoulder with Yuri, and I and I take that blaster rifle and I fire a few rounds into these fellows and. Knock their heads right off. I don't even think they made it to engagement at that point. I mean, you <laughs> saw the move, and you just boom, boom. And even before Uri saw them, the only thing, by the time Uri turned his head, all he saw was two eyeless things <laughs> just get their heads blown off. All right, so that takes care of where we are. Um, so let's let's do uh, the wrap-up here. So we're not done. We've got a lot more to go. We have yet to find any, any mushrooms. Um, but, uh, uh, we'll continue this again. Um, but in the meantime, let me go ahead and open up some experience. Yeah, I'd definitely like to finish this. If you guys, you know, maybe next weekend or something like that, we could carve out a couple hours. So do we need to keep track of our side quest strain and wounds versus? So yes, if you do, if you don't mind. So where you guys are right now, when we go back to the flashback, I want you to be in the same spot again. Uh, so, Uri, as much fun as we just had, you guys accomplished nothing. So, Uri, <laughs> I'm giving you five. I, I, I had this uh, sneaking suspicion that we'd kill these critters, and these things are actually black buvaki, buvaki <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> they're they're full-grown mushrooms. Yeah, they, they, uh, he forgot to mention a little critical he, thing he about... Didn't ma- he didn't mention phase four. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're vegan. They're vegan, yeah. And he was like, oh, right, 3,000 so, credits? Sure. No problem. Exactly. I tell you what, however many of you make it back, I'll give you an extra thousand. <laughs> uh, you get the five for accomplishing nothing, but I'm going to give you two extra ones. Uh, just because I think you were a key piece to the entire thing, you're in your you're in your element. Um, and then hop, you get five. And remember, guys, you don't have to track this on your sheets. I'll go back and do the bookkeeping. All right, so uh, hop, you get five more. Uh, Uri, I have not awarded yours yet, right? Uri, you get five. And uh, sorry, you're going to get five as well. 
All right. Uh, I appreciate it, guys. This was part one. And uh, what we'll do is we'll go ahead and put out another episode with part two. Let's find out what happens to these guys as they uh, really start to fight off some of the evils of this swamp and now start actually looking for what they came in for. Well, I can tell you that we uh, had a ton of fun and uh, I look forward to hopefully finishing out this adventure and finding out what happens to our four heroes as they start looking for the uh, unique black Gabuki. I hope you had as much fun listening to this adventure as we did playing it. We still got a lot more to go. They've yet to find any of the black Gabuki and uh, get paid. I'll be recording uh, any further sessions along this line. I'm anxious to hear feedback. I want to know if uh, you'd like more of this on the podcast or if this doesn't really interest you. So make sure you jump on Facebook to let us know. Be sure to check out our shop on thirdfloorwars.com for the latest gaming apparel and gear. While you're there, check out how the USFO Tour is shaping up. How does your conference compare to the others in the United States? Where do you rank nationally? Get those models built, painted, and on the table so we can see you at the U.S. Masters Invitational in October of 2020. Also, rate and write a review on this podcast for us. It really helps us find people almost as cool as you are. Thanks for listening. Howdy friend, Craig here. Is this episode making you realize you need to buy some models? Gadzooks Gaming is my favorite online retailer because of their large selection, killer prices, and great customer service. Don't you hate buying an entire crew box when you only need one model? Gadzooks sells crew box models individually and saves you a ton of money. They even have free shipping to the U.S. and Canada if you spend $100 or more. Swing by gadzooksgaming.com and make sure you tell them Craig from the third floor sent you. All the details are in the show notes. Howdy folks, Craig here. Now if you love gadgets as much as we do, you're going to love the new Third Floor Wars Gadget Bundle from Schooner Labs. Branded with the logo of your favorite podcast, it comes with two measuring multi-tools, a compass stepper for those tight and important movements, along with a compact dashboard to track your turn, strat, and scheme scoring along with your soul stones and pass tokens. It is the perfect bundle for anyone who plays Malifaux or just wants to look cool while doing it. The link is in the show notes. Check them out and help support your favorite gaming podcast.